0: This box is heavy. Okay, let's see. Push, open. Okay, so it should look like
1: this when it's done. So you see where there's the little hole part? You push that out. You can do this.
0: Two Girls and a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I
1: may officially now be a wine smuggler. And I'm Anne, and I am officially on vacation. Woohoo! And I am so happy to be on vacation and so happy to introduce our first ever guest on the podcast. Um, a very special guest. My mom, Marcia Cantor. Hi, Woo-hoo! mom.
2: Hi, Anne. Hi, Andrea. It's so exciting to be here. Anne's the only person I know who gets so excited to hear she's coming home to help me straighten out financial papers. And she cleaned off a desk in her sister's room. What can I
0: say? It needed to be cleaned. <laughs> and there. For our listeners, Anne's sister has not lived at home in some time. I just want to make that very clear. Neither has Anne. <laughs> Neither has her
2: mother. Oh, no. That's
0: not true. <laughs> so um, I can see that we all have r- really great reasons why we're drinking this week. Awesome. <laughs>
1: one of the one of the favorite parts of coming home is getting to drink with my mom. So I'm really glad that we are uh, that we have a chance to drink together on on the podcast. It's one of my most
0: like favorite most wholesome activities is just opening up some wine with your mom. and Then, you know, listening to her talk about how both you and the wine probably could be better at some stuff.
1: Oh, hey, mom, how's it going? (laughs) know. So we typically start each episode with what we call our cheers and jeers. So these are our what we are cheersing to this week, something that is making us happy and excited. And then our jeers are for something that is um, disappointing us in some way. So my cheers for this week is the same as my introduction. I'm just happy to be on vacation. It is the first vacation that I have taken Um, At least I mean, we took some time off to go camping in July. So it's been almost a year even since then. Um, And that was the last like time off we really took we took time off at Christmas, but stayed in New York and hunkered down. So I'm really excited to be here. I haven't been home in 18 months. So it is great to great to be back here. And I'm so happy for you. My, my jeers for this week is being in the airport. So the, it was, you know, I think travel is always somewhat stressful and I definitely felt like it was really stressful kind of coming back into that just because, you know, it was like, there are a bunch of crowds, you're getting on an airplane, you're, you know, you're going through some additional security, not a ton, but like just a little bit of like, um, it was just a little, a little freaky to be, with that many people and going that many places but it was also I think it's just a matter of like getting used to it again. So I hear
0: that. I mean, I I hate the airport under the best of circumstances. Like I just hate it. I love traveling. I love to, you know, go to new places, but airports are gross. They're gross under the best of circumstances. And between a pandemic and massive anxiety, I feel like I would probably murder, I don't know, at least eight people.
1: And then no one would get to go anywhere because there would be a murder at the airport. But she'd be wearing a mask.
0: Yeah, I would be. Thank you, Marsha. I would be wearing a mask. I'd be very safe about it. And I would have hand sanitizer and I would wash my hands. Would be the cleanest
1: crime scene.
0: (laughs) It'd be so clean. So clean. I'd get out my Clorox wipes. Pick up that blood. Yeah, it's all you need. It's all you need. So, what are you cheersing this week, Drea? Uh so I am. I have not been to an airport yet. Um, I actually don't think my husband trusts me to like get that far so we've been doing you know we're just getting reacquainted with the great mexican-american road trip as i like to call it and um i spent the early part of this week in valle de guadalupe uh in northern baja so that is my cheers for this week uh we've covered a wine on the podcast before it was a Vichy. it was a petna but the whole region is just doing some amazing things down there. Uh, I think I mentioned that episode, they don't have a domain of origin, so it's literally anything goes. Uh, but I had a super cool experience because I got to hang out with the winemakers behind Thresta Vinos and Vinos Trasego this time. Um, I met one of them while I was tasting at another bodega. They invited me to their cellar. They are currently in the process of building a tasting room. So I got to do a private tasting with both of them and they were so welcoming and so gracious and their wines were rad. They were delicious. So it was a super cool experience. I'm so grateful for it. Um. It was probably one of the most interesting tasting experiences I've ever had to, while traveling. And, um, you know, just as a friendly reminder, I drink a lot. So that <laughs> says something. And I I can't wait to go back. And I can't wait to take Anne there. She, I, I was talking. I was like, I have a podcast because that's something I say now. It's so right and i was like we'd love to record an episode from here and interview you and they were like yeah come we can party and i was like yes let's do that so wine is the dream <laughs> yep that's that's i mean it's really the only dream let's be honest here <laughs> so those guys get my cheers uh and cheers for this time is uh my day job and um yeah, it's really getting in the way of my wine drinking, so I got to figure that out. So, Mom, do you want to cheer something? <laughs> well, of course I'm cheering the fact that you're
2: here, <laughs> and a few jeers here and there too, um, and and so she's right up there. Um, but when I was told that you know this would be a question that I was asked, I I think I was thinking more of the wider world, and I was thinking more of people that have been in school or have been teaching and who are finally, you know, maybe having a summer break.
1: Yay. And so
2: I was cheering that now, now cheering wise um, that includes my husband and I'm used to having the house to myself. And so that will be a little bit interesting.
0: Weren't, weren't you together all pandemic?
2: <laughs> it's bittersweet. School's out and I like seeing the little kids next door and the little kid that lives in the alley coming by and stuff like that. And and then I, I'm seeing my husband and we can go do things and stuff like that. And then at times I, I want my house back. So and I wonder if he'll listen to this.
0: <laughs> but Marsha, weren't you and and your husband in quarantine together for Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. I see. We don't talk about that. I got it. I got it. Cool, cool. (laughs) But
2: fortunately, there are birds to be kept track of here in Colorado.
0: So That's right. You have
1: birds. Yeah. So he had to go count birds, and that gave her a little bit of a break (sighs) each day.
0: Uh, You know, the weather's nice. I'm sure there are still birds to count. You'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've been fine 40-some years, so... What the heck?
0: <laughs> there you go. I wonder if I can get John to count
1: planes. <laughs> I feel like he'd be pretty into that. I mean, that's not a... That doesn't work. It requires some standing, but not a lot of uh, movement, so...
0: I mean, you know, I sit him out on the deck with a glass of wine, and he counts planes, and I feel like that's similar, so... They're flying. Maybe I'll just let Sleeping Duck... Yeah, they both yeah. fly. Perfect. It's fine.
1: Now we can, get, we can get all three together while we're off on our uh, (laughs) mother-daughter vacation. Oh, yeah. Scott's going to love that. I can already tell. He's so enthusiastic. (laughs) So for this week, our shenanigans are a good old-fashioned family quiz. So Drea and I have put together some quotes from each of our families. Um, Both of our moms like to drink wine. That's one of the reasons you're here. We both like to drink wine, so we've put together some quotes about wine, and we want you to guess, Mom, who said what. Does that make sense? Okay,
2: sure. But I say a lot of things.
1: Yeah, I, I texted her <laughs> yeah, like, last if... night.
2: <laughs> and then she said...
0: If this were my mom, she'd be like,
1: I don't know what I said. <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're guessing it's a mother-daughter... Who said what quiz? So, Drea and I will will say the quote, and then you will guess who you think said it. Me, Drea, you, or Drea's mom, who Who you haven't met. Her name name is Rose. You'll
0: like her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's something, but you'll
1: love her. (laughs) Kindred spirit. I already do. (laughs) Okay, so the first quote is... Wine smooths everything out.
2: I believe it was a great, intelligent writer that said that.
1: Oh, great. And. <laughs> who- <laughs> <laughs> and what was the situation where you said this quote? To uh, I think mean, it
2: could be used in any number of situations.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems pretty timeless. I'm not I mean, gonna lie. Yeah, I- <laughs> but do you
1: remember when you said it? No, I had been drinking. <laughs> She was feeling nice and smooth. <laughs> we were in we were in Spain, um, and I'd been there for maybe a week or two ahead of them. We were doing like it was a, a summer between college, and I had gone there to do some like writing and some research and to hang out with a friend who was on study abroad. And then my dad had lived in Spain when he was growing up, and so he wanted to come visit at the same time. And so he, my mom, and my sister also came. And their first night in Sevilla, we were, I think, at a restaurant with, like, a rooftop, like, patio. And it was, like, a full day of travel, which you know what that's like. And Mm -hmm. we get there. We order. The wine comes. Mom drinks the wine. And she just says, wine just smooths everything out. And that was the point where it was like, ah, I've made it. That's what I remember anyway.
0: Yeah, she's not wrong. I'll go with that. (laughs) She's like, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) What's not to like? There's a rooftop bar. You're in spade. There's wine. (laughs) Sounds real good.
2: Or or you could use it when you're doing your laundry.
0: Oh, I like that, too. Get those wrinkles (laughs) out of your day and your T-shirts. I mean, I don't iron. (laughs) Yeah, no. Who needs to why? iron it's when good. you
1: can smooth everything out with wine. Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's a waste of time. <laughs> got things to do, not iron. So, what's our next quote? All right. So, our next quote is I'm just going to add some ice. Well, I,
2: I'm going to guess Dre's mother.
0: Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. And really? Just, oh, God. It breaks. <laughs> breaks my heart to tell you you're right yeah um so i what I price love my... do i get
1: <laughs> I, you got <guys laughs> a have... free house cleaning <laughs> oh god
0: she's or you could send her to san diego we're happy to have her. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i my mother and i have very different tastes in wine or let me put it this way she thinks we have very different taste in wine um she actually likes a a fair amount of what i pour her but every now and then she gets a little sassy about it and sometimes you know knowing full well that she's not gonna want whatever red i've opened i'll open something else for her but she'll try it and um much to my dismay one time we were drinking i think it was a I want to say it was a Gary Farrell Pinot Noir. And so this is, this was probably like a $70, $80 bottle that I had. And she's like, eh, it's good. I'm just going to. I'm just gonna put some ice in it though. It's fine. It's fine. And I was, I mean, you know, at that point there'd been cocktails, there'd probably been a white, there may have been a sparkling, who know? And I was like, what? You wanna throw some seven up in there too? And you know, then it was like, Well, maybe I will. Well, maybe you should. So yeah, mom and her ice. And now she has trained my husband to think that it is okay as well. Um <laughs> so yeah,
1: it's It's rough. It's rough out here. (laughs) Okay, for the next quote, we've got wine doesn't count. It's wine.
2: That sounds like you. Final answer. And
1: no, Eh. I didn't say it. (laughs) I mean, I agree.
0: I mean, it's a good rule to live by. Yep. That's all me. I love, I love a European lifestyle. It doesn't count. It's wine. It's wine. It's not like I'm popping a martini right now. I could be, but I'm not. I have wine.
2: <laughs> but you two are so much alike. I think that's that's fair. It's true. I, it's we've true. learned a lot from each other.
0: <laughs> All right. Next phrase. I smell alcohol.
2: Okay. Now I'm going to guess
1: Anne. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so... This is a time when mom maybe needs to make a confession about the podcast, which is that she's only listened to episode one, (laughs) because I haven't shown her how to subscribe to a podcast. So that's also on the to-do list for this week.
0: Well, I mean, if she wants to listen to her episode, we're going to have to make that (laughs) (laughs) happen.
1: So there was a time, one of our first couple of episodes, um, we were tasting the wine and Drea takes me through a whole process of, like, first we look at the wine, and then we smell the wine, and then we taste the wine. And I think we were at the smelling point, and Drea was like, what do you smell? You know, sort of going for, like, the, you know, I smell fruit or berries or, you know, summer peaches. <laughs> and I smelled alcohol. <coughs> I smelled alcohol. So that's what I said. And you were right. Not wrong. <laughs> Not the answer we were going for. Technically not wrong. (laughs) Okay. And our final quote. Do you want to read it, Drea? Oh, you want me to read it? Got it. Uh,
0: Alcohol makes everything possible. That also
2: sounds like me.
1: You said it yesterday. (laughs) Well, you can clean
2: with it. You can, you know. Put it on a wound. You can cook with it. It's really all perfect. You can drink it. You can smell it, and it will smell, smell like, alcohol.
0: like alcohol. And maybe sometimes a berry. <laughs> it's just the one berry.
1: <laughs> so what, so what prize do I get? You get. You get me cleaning uh-huh. all week long.
2: More wine, please.
1: <laughs>
0: We're doing things a little bit differently this episode, and usually I select the wine, I'll do the research. But this time, Anne have a nice surprise for me, and she has selected the wine with the help of Marcia, her mom. So, Anne, tell us about what we're drinking this episode.
1: Well, so this is our boxed wine episode in honor of my dear mama, and we are drinking a Mutard diligente. Couteau Bourgenon Harrison Vin Rouge. That is a long name, but basically if you were looking for it in a wine shop, if you asked them for the Harrison Vin Rouge, they could probably find it for you. And there's actually sort of four things that I was looking for in a wine this time. So I wanted it to be a wine in a box because that was the theme of our episode. Mom likes a boxed wine and we'll get into why. I wanted something that was a little bit better than kind of the traditional boxed wines that people might be used to. And then I also wanted something that had an animal on the label because that is one of the ways that my mom taught me to pick wines was what animal is on the label and is it cute? So if you are in the wine shop and you are looking for this wine, just ask for the wine with the cute hedgehog on the box. And the name, Harrison, actually is Hedgehog in French. So that is where the name comes from, why there's a cute hedgehog on the box. It's actually the name. And yeah, so I figured it would be perfect for us. Mom also loves a red wine, so this is a, a red mix. So that is how I picked this wine. But mom, we wanted to ask you a little bit, how do you usually choose a wine and what do you look for in a bottle of wine or a box of wine?
2: Well, you you hit it quite a bit when you said animal on, on the box. I like box wine because I found bottles of wine in my refrigerator toppled over. And I didn't like messing around with those little plug things. Corks? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the not the cork that came with it, but
0: the... The stoppers, yeah, the the stopper. Yes,
2: quite often I would like a glass of wine, and then you have a whole bottle left. So the box seemed an easier way, and it was more compact and more generally economical for me.
0: Marsha, though, what do you like in a wine? So I know you like, I know what you what attracts you in a in a store. What are some of your favorite features of a wine when you drink it, though? I like a
2: full bodied wine which i think is why i like red
0: okay you know and and
2: maybe my tastes have been somewhat limited if i find what i like i buy it again
0: so we have some favorites. so i
1: am exploring with you too.
0: I'm. I am determined to find a full body white that your mom will like.
1: You, if anyone can do it, it can be I, you. I
0: actually think though, I would start with an orange wine as like a gateway. A nice skin contact white. Those tend to have a lot. She looks terrified. I want our viewers to know <laughs> that sounds that she, wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you, have you ever had an orange wine? No. Do you know what an orange
0: wine is? (laughs) No. Basically, an orange wine, it's not made from oranges. It's all about uh, skin contact with the grape. And that's how you get the color. Same with like a rosé. It's just that the skins have been left on while they're in the tank so that they get a little bit of that color an orange wine, because it gets the skin contact, you tend to have more intense fruit notes that gives the wine a fuller body, more velvety texture, a bit more structure. You can even get some tannins in there. And so, you know, they tend to be bold and flavorful, but still have you know, good acid and some brightness to them, like you would see in, or what you would expect in a typical white wine. So yeah, I think I think orange may be the gateway to whites for for Marsha. And I can I can well, find the you the labels cute. Yeah, I can find you an orange wine with a cute label. Challenge accepted. So okay, it's time for a confession. Confess. This is the first box wine I've had in my life.
1: <laughs> really? Yes. Well, I can't wait till we get to the tasting part, but <laughs> this box wine, the Ederson, is gonna run you about $40, um, which comes out to about $10 a bottle. It's got an ABV of about 12.5%, so pretty typical for what we've been drinking on this podcast. And it is made from 65%. Gamay grapes and 35% Pinot Noir grapes that are sourced from Southern Burgundy. So I wanted to tell you both a little bit about the history of boxed wine. So I got this information from Money, Taste, and Wine by Mike Veseth. In 1965, the technology for bag in a box was created, um, and it was developed by the Australian winemaker Thomas Angove, who patented... The bag in a box, and he intended it to be similar to like a half gallon wine jug or a flagon. So in the United States, we frequently call these boxed wines. In other parts of the world, they're very often called bag in a box. Like I said, that's what the official technology bag in a box is called. Um, And then in Australia, it's very frequently called goon bags. So you'll often hear those terms interchanged. And I just really liked goon bag because it's kind yeah. of fun. It's kind of, you know. Uh,
0: Hilarious.
1: Goon. Yeah. Goony. Yeah. Lighthearted. Yeah. Goon bags. So it. it didn't really take off as, as like a technology for wine um, until 19, uh, 1967 when Charles Malpas, another Australian winemaker of Penfolds, figured out how to put the spigot onto the bag. So before the spigot was on the bag, you would just have to cut it. Um, It still made shipping a lot easier. It still meant you could have a lot more wine in a smaller container than you do with, with this, but the spigot really kind of made the technology much more useful. And so that is how the bag in a box wine took off and it's great for the home drinker like we've already talked about because the airtight bag and the spigot will reduce spoilage and it's easy to store in the fridge. Um, So it's very, very um, readily accessible to the the casual home drinker. And despite the bad reputation that boxed wines have had, they've also always been extremely popular. So for example, we've all talked about how much the French love their wine, But even in French supermarkets, half of the wine they sell are boxed wines because it's so convenient to have at home. Like we've said, if you're just having a a casual glass with dinner, you can just unpop the spigot, pour your wine, and then put it away for the evening and, and be fine and have it last for, you know, another three weeks. So... Even though in the U.S. they've been as- associated with the bottom of the shelf, that's really changing with the options that you can get, especially if you're going to um, like a local or an independent wine cellar. So, and and the author that I got this information from, Mark Veseth, really describes the kind of move towards boxed wines as being part of the democratization of wine. Boxed wine allows someone who maybe isn't drinking wine every day or you know who who maybe would otherwise only drink it on the holidays to have wine be more a part of their life without feeling like they're wasting a bottle or really making an investment that they're not prepared to make there are some cons to boxed wine and i do just want to point some of those out boxed wine can't be aged so because it's not in a bottle this isn't something that's going to like sit on a shelf in your wine cellar and like keep for years. That's not what this is. A boxed wine is only going to really last one to two years if it's not been opened. Um, and like Drea said earlier, typically once the wines have been opened, they'll usually last in your fridge anywhere from three to six weeks.
0: Also, that's pretty um, consistent for what this wine actually is, right? Like this is a young, natural red. Like, those wines are not meant to be aged. They have minimal intervention, which means they have minimal sulfites, minimal preservatives. You want to drink them young.
1: Um, a couple of the other things about boxed wines, there's there's not... Even though it's definitely improved, and I think even when we went to the liquor store yesterday, we saw so many more brands than I've ever seen before, different brands than than we've seen before. But there isn't as much selection in uh, the boxed wine Category as there is in in wine and bottles. So, like, for example, I think in... We went to two liquor stores yesterday, and both of them, I think, had, like... They were fairly large. They were were not, like, small places. And they both had, I think, like, one... One and a half aisles out of the entire store that was on boxed wines. Um, But when the entire rest of the store is all different kinds of wines, it really shows... Um, have you noticed as you've been drinking whether or not there's more more boxed wines appearing when you no. look for them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, I've got my favorites. I don't need to look
1: for other ones. <laughs> so the other the last con that I wanted to just share with our listeners is that wine coolers, And I think this was an Australian term, so I'm guessing they mean wine fridges, but I don't know that for a fact. They don't work for the boxes. I think because it's a different, like most wine fridges, you know, they have sort of a space for the bottles and box just isn't a bottle shape. So you're better off putting this in in your fridge. Um, But then like we talked about a little bit, there are a lot of pros to drinking boxed wines. Your wine can last for three to six weeks. So even if you're not going to finish it, quickly, you can slow down, savor it, enjoy it um, of an evening as you want to. You can get more for your money here. Boxed wine is usually about four bottles of wine. So if you if you price it out this way, you can be much more cost effective. And it's um, environmentally friendly, uh, or more environmentally friendly to consume boxed wine. Um, A box tastes takes less energy to produce than a bottle. Uh, It also makes recycling easier because of the paper products and it can be produced and shipped um, at a much cheaper price than bottled wine. So if you are driven by that, then choosing a wine like the Harrison where it's naturally made, naturally grown, and has that environmental benefit might be a great choice for you. And I like to use the box to store things later.
0: The wine box is the new yogurt container (laughs) or cool. You can put plastic bags in it really well. Oh, and then you could
1: pull it out of the little spigot thing. Sorry, I'm not helping. (laughs) So this winemaker I thought was really interesting because again, I wasn't, I don't think any of us came into this episode with like high expectations, but I was really (laughs) impressed with the, with the winemaker. So this wine is made by a family named Moutard de Uh Sorry for French speakers. And they have actually been wine producers in France for an extremely long time. So the Moutard family, uh, which is one side of the family that, that currently operates this winery, um, has been cultivating wines on the Buexel hillsides since uh, 1642. So they go back a long ways. They have a long history in producing wine. Um, obviously not always in boxes, but a long history nonetheless. And on the other side of the family, the De La Hente side, uh, it was a little later to the game, um, they began cultivating wines in 1892. What a bunch of slackers. Losers. <laughs> anyway, so these families merged and were producing wine, and in 2004, so... Moving way up to the present, the family acquired an estate in Burgundy, Chablis, and Grand Auxeroyce. Um, and that is that does have a fancy domain of origin. It is the domain Moutard de Lhent, and Drea, just because, just to prove that I haven't been paying attention. Can you remind us what a domain of origin is? So, a domain of origin or
0: appellation is where there is some sort of regulation over wines from that region. So, it's a, it's a way to recognize the area that the wine is from and as a consumer, it lets you know what you're getting.
1: So, this this family has a domain named after them, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, And they are still located in the Buexel region, which is southeast of Paris, in case anyone wants to take a trip now that we're post-pandemic. And what I think is impressive is that the fourth generation of this family has continued the winemaking tradition. So um, they have been at this for a long time. And I think what we've got in our glass actually really shows that. It's pretty innovative to me that they've been able to move everything from... Um, you know, what they were doing in 1642 to producing something in 2021. The current leader of company, Francois Muthard, he did describe himself as a bit of a hedonist. And he, he just something he said really resonated. He said that he sees winemaking as something that helps him spread happiness. And that just feels like kind of what we're also about in this podcast.
0: Yeah, spread some happiness.
1: I will say they're not exactly bragging about their boxed wine on the website. um, But I think they should be. (laughs) I think this is a pretty good wine. Uh, So, you know, Mutard family, if you're hearing this, I apologize for the pronunciation. Put your hedgehog wine on your website more prominently. So I couldn't find too much about the uh, winemaking process. Um, It is fermented in cement containers, um, and then aged in steel. So that matches a few of the other wines that we've had. And and Drea, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what this means is that the flavors that you're getting in this wine are much more about the fruit, not so much about maybe getting oak in the barrels or things like that. Like you're not yeah. getting the wood.
0: And this is also very characteristic of young reds or natural reds. that so they're meant to be drunk young. They're going to be steel tank fermented or aged for the most part. <laughs>
1: So the other thing that they mentioned on the website about making this wine was that they have a seven-day maceration process. And I have to be honest, Drea, I do not know what that means. Um, I feel like maceration is about chewing. So is someone chewing this wine for seven days? Is this like that (laughs) Lucy and Ethel scene where they're stomping on the grapes? Is that what we're talking about here?
0: So when we talk about maceration it's really having that juice from the grapes in contact with the skins and the other pieces of the grape. And what it does is it helps the wine develop some tannins. You know, we can think of it kind of like uh, stewing a bit, right? Kind of stewing in its own juices, if you will, but in a really good way. And again, this is really characteristic for natural young reds. So you're not going to have that bottle aging. You're not going to, you're not even going to have that barrel aging necessarily. And so how do you develop flavors in a wine? Maceration is one of those techniques that winemakers use to do that.
1: So do you want to take us through, can we go through like your your recommended tasting process um mom love you i think we've mostly gone to the drinking part of the tasting process in the past okay so a couple things you know we look at we haven't done a red wine in a
0: while so this will be good is color so let's talk about color how would you ladies describe the color of this wine
1: rich i think dark too like i i feel it and it could be the light in the room that we're in but it's a it's darker than i feel like a wine that we've looked at any wines we've looked at recently so Um, a,
0: a good trick is if you like especially if you're in a dark room you'll often see people do this at like higher end restaurants that have like an ambient lighting or whatever uh you are you doing? You get a I'm trying to copy <laughs> you, you
2: a- using one of my credit card statements. <laughs>
0: that she's about to file. Um it was handy. So you get a white background, like a piece of paper, or a credit card statement, or a tablecloth, and you hold it up against the paper, and you look at it up against the paper. And so once you do that, like this this red actually isn't that all that dark it's you know it it looks pretty dark in the glass but it's got some really beautiful bright fuchsia um raspberry notes to it too it also works if you hold it up
1: to your computer screen well as as you don't spill on your computer i like to live dangerously (laughs) get after it yeah holding it up to the computer it does look you can see more of that color like, almost raspberry-ish. Mm-hmm. So
0: that that tells me that this, this red is going to be, you know, a little bit lighter, probably fruit forward, very playful. It has potential to be a porch pounder.
1: We like a porch pounder. Mom has a lovely porch. A porch you would be proud of. Col- yeah, so the first thing I look at is color.
0: Then we're going to smell the wine. So now this is an area where Anne truly excels. So I'm going to swirl it in my glass to get everything a-moving and get those aromatics released. And then deep breath in.
1: So so where are we getting a whiff of? I mean, I think still berries is coming up for me. Not going to lie, I do have to always fight the urge to say alcohol.
0: I thought
2: of that. (laughs)
1: It runs in the family.
0: (laughs) Any particular berry? Sort
1: of blackberries are coming to mind for me. Which again might be influenced by the fact that it's it's sort of dark in the room that we're in, so the wine is looking darker, like a blackberry.
0: Mars is like, I'm not playing this game with you, (laughs) too.
1: Wine to sip it. (laughs) She's
0: like, you bitches talk too much. Should we be drinking? Yeah, she's like, "That's this is. I was promised a good time, not a long time." Well, it is the
2: second glass, so I'm about ready for bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so on the nose, I get some cherry, I get some raspberry, and then I get some some floral notes too. A little bit of rose in the background, but I'm also getting a little bit of grass. Which, yeah, I mean again with you know some of these natty reds you kind of never know what you're gonna get but there's a brightness to it that reminds me of like spring grass so that's what i get on the nose all right so we have looked at the color we have given it a whiff now let's go ahead and Marsha, here's the part that you excel at let's give it a taste i
2: taste healthiness <laughs>
0: healthiness i like it and what does that mean to you full-bodied
2: strength
0: vitality not so much vitality. <laughs> just like she's like let's not go too far <laughs> <laughs> and how about
1: you i think i get more of those fruits still like like i said i think the the blackberry the cherry really comes to mind here yeah it's it's a wine I don't mind having in my mouth for a while, which I guess is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> All right, Drea, what should we be tasting?
0: So I would actually classify this wine um, more as a medium to medium light bodied wine. You know, for a red, it's, it's very, very light. It is it's pretty bright. It's, it's nice and juicy. That gamay definitely comes through. You know, if, if you're, if you're listening and you're familiar with gamays, which are uh, honestly like one of the best French bargain buys you can get, they are they tend to be really well crafted there's a lot of both conventional and natural options and they're really delicious so you get kind of that big like fruitiness with like the cherry and the raspberry and the blackberry but yeah it's very fruit forward it doesn't have a long finish like you would expect with a lot of reds even despite the maceration process that it undergoes and and again that's because it's a young red. And to Anne's point earlier, don't age this. It's not going to get any like better or more developed sitting in your fridge for, for a month. It it is what it is. You know, I I actually really like this as like a summer red. Um if you're a red wine drinker and it feels too heavy to drink a red in the summer, a blend like this is an amazing option.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that also helps is this is this is a wine they said could be either served at room temperature or chilled, and we went for the chilled, slightly chilled option this evening, And but I could see that being really refreshing on a hot summer day. Yeah, and once you open um, it, I
0: think you need to put it in the fridge, right? I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I think once it's open, you, you should refrigerate it. So, Mom, this is the part that I told you the most about. <laughs> this is the pairing section that we get into. So what what would be a food that you would want to eat with this wine?
2: Fresh bread.
1: Mom makes an excellent loaf of bread. Oh, so this is where you get it from. This is where it comes oh, from. Oh, yeah. I love bread. <laughs> Today for brunch, we had fresh, fresh made artisan bread and hummus and cheese and all sorts of good things. And rhubarb pie.
0: That sounds... Delightful.
1: Yeah, actually, I feel like this would be pretty good with rhubarb too.
0: Ooh, like a, yeah, strawberry rhubarb pie or compote or something. Mm hmm. Yeah. Also, like, this is, you know how on those warm summer nights you don't want to cook and sometimes you just want like a really good sandwich, like a nice, hearty sandwich on good bread with good ingredients, you know, cheeses, avocados, lots of veggies some get crazy get some aioli in there like i feel like this would stand up to you know a solid sandwich this would be a great like picnic food wine
1: yeah yeah i mean i know it doesn't i sort of feel like every anything goes well with this but i think it would go really well with a nice pizza oh yeah but like oven fired sort of almost seared on the crust and some good again like good vegetables i would like this with like I think a lot of garlic on my pizza would be appealing to me. But again, that could just be good regardless. That, that might not be wine specific.
0: I, I think that's what you always want on your pizza. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. What would be a situation, Drea, that you would serve or drink this wine? So what I love about this wine
0: is that it's portable like it's easily portable. It's kind of inconspicuous. I can hide it in something. So I'm going to 100% illegally drink this like at the park or the beach. It's just an easy and it's great for sharing too, right? So everyone can kind of have their own like cup situation. You can open it up. You're not going to run out anytime soon. So this would be great for like that sort of picnic environment for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know if anything like this is happening this summer, but you know how they used to, they would do like outdoor movie nights where you'd go to a park or something and spread out a blanket, spread out a picnic, and then, you know, watch an old movie. I feel like this would be a great wine for an evening like that. Like you said, it's really portable. It's fun. It's a good one for like just lounging around and and having a nice time with some friends. Yeah, I love the idea too. Mom, what would you, what would be a situation you would want to drink this wine in?
2: Well, I'm actually thinking we're drinking it tomorrow when all the cousins come over to see Anne. Ooh, all the
0: cousins. A
1: little little family reunion wine. Small box, but it'll serve a crowd.
0: There you go. I mean, there are four bottles in this small box. I think you're going to be okay. Well, there might be
2: two left by the time (coughs) Anne and I get done. This
0: is also true. I hope you bought in
1: bulk. (laughs) What would be a book that you would read while drinking this?
0: I feel like it's got to be something French, right? As I look over at my bookshelf, let's get some hunchback of Notre Dame going here. Let's like take it to a classic, you know, something that that we probably all know the story. But let's be honest, I'm lying, you know, on a beach or in a park drinking wine out of a box in the summertime. I just want to be chill about it. No need to get crazy.
1: I think for I think if you're going to go with Hugo, I would go a little lighter than Hunchback. I think Les Mis might serve you a little bit I'm, better here. I'm sorry.
0: You think Les Mis is lighter?
1: I think it's lighter than Hunchback of Notre Dame. Is it?
0: It's at least, like, Hunchback's at least shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you guess may that's true. A- you may actually get through that novel in the time it takes you to drink through this box. And I... I thought of
2: Harry Potter.
0: Yeah. That I works like that. too. That works I like that. too.
1: I could get down with some roll dolls, some James and the Giant Peach with this box. Oh. Yeah, that would be nice. There is a French author, I can't think of her name now, but she wrote a book called The Elegance of the oh, Hedgehog. Yeah. And since this box has a hedgehog on it, I think that would be an appropriate choice. Muriel Barbary, I think, is her name. It's a great it's a great story and one of the characters is gastronomically inclined. So if you haven't read that yet, Dre, I'd really Ooh, recommend I need
0: to it. read that. Okay. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. You win this round, girl. I love the hedgehog theme. You know I love a theme. Okay, so how about music pairing? What do you jam into while you're having your picnic, reading The Elegance of a Hedgehog, drinking this wine? Only the Rolling Stones. This does seem very Keith Richards-esque.
1: I think he would be into this. I feel like it's a. it's a... A wine that says you can't always get what you want, (laughs) but you can get what you need. And sometimes what you need comes in a box. It might come in a shape you're not expecting, but it's what you need. I have been really into Olivia Rodrigo lately, and she's sort of light and fun like this wine, but also a little like sad and heart feeling, (laughs) which maybe after glass three, I will also be.
2: We have to save some for tomorrow.
1: (laughs) You know, I wouldn't listen to it. I wouldn't listen to it with uh, her top song, Driver's License. But I think some of the other songs on her album, Sour, would go nicely with this. I'm going to be a garbage
0: person. I'm just going to, like, cue up, like, Pandora Summer Hits 2021. And that's what's going to be on the playlist. Yep.
1: (laughs) That's what's coming. Well, then you will definitely be listening to some Olivia Rodrigo. (laughs) I don't know if you'll be listening to Keith Richards, I but mean, you can add it like to your playlist. that's for like my last six when I'm like, Keith Richards time. <laughs> so, as you may remember, Drea, mom grew up on a farm. And I don't think you... How I don't, does she remember? <laughs> well, I think I've told her before. Unlike Anne, I listen. So, on the farm, not a lot of drinking happening on the farm.
2: Yes, there were teetotalers.
1: But a lot of cows... And you have at different times quizzed us on the family cows. Their so, names, yes. So now I'm gonna turn the tables. And if you, were to dis- if you were to describe this wine as one of the cows, which cow does this wine remind you of? Strawberry. And- okay, why? Let's quit.
2: Because her name was Strawberry and she was red and she was robust. It's Which cow to- does she remind you of? I mean, I never
1: knew any of these cows. Personally.
0: I mean, we don't know any of these celebrities we're inviting to our parties, so I don't think, the, like, not knowing the cow really makes a difference at this point. My
1: favorite cow was always fat legs, so...
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, fat legs? Did she, like, did she, like, invent cankles? Like, what is this?
2: There was a device that you put on cow's legs so that they did not kick you, and... Her legs were so fat, you couldn't get the standard
0: ones on her.
1: So, going back to celebrities, what celebrity would you drink this wine with? A
0: non-cow celebrity. I know you
2: think I was going to say Mick Jagger, but somewhere along the line, I decided Harrison Ford.
0: Oh. Oh, because Harrison?
1: Harrison. Harrison. (laughs) I thought that was part of it. I like a theme. I like a theme. I love the commitment to the theme. And I do feel like he's, he has some fun. He has some fun lines in his movies. And he
2: wears a hat.
1: Why does that?
0: Classy. Ah! Hats are classy, though. I've been trying to get Anne to wear more hats, and she's, like, not having any of it.
1: Who would you drink this wine with, Drea?
0: Johnny Depp. Ooh. And I'll tell you why. Bad boy. Yeah. One, he's a raging alcoholic. No judgment here. But we're going to open this sucker up after like we've raided his seller. I'm just going to say, you know, he's not going to know. He's going to love everything. He's going to love everything I give him. And then he's going to spill all the tea on what's going on with his like hot mess of a life. And yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to look at it. And then you
1: write a best-selling tell all book. I would never do that to Johnny. My Night with Johnny Depp.
0: I'm not making a porno, for God's sake.
1: jeez.
0: Like, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> we, we, we've gone
2: from the murder-type thing to porno. Yeah,
0: now we have a porno <laughs> podcast. We're in right?
1: all, all interests podcast. I guess all, so.
0: all genre. And how about you, Anne?
1: I was just thinking that, you know, I feel like AOC my congresswoman could get behind this wine she 100 percent would yeah it's you know it's efficient you can bring it to a block party it's environmentally friendly she's all about that green new deal you you can invite bernie to the party we could bring
0: bernie he would have his mittens in the dead of summer yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think these are all good choices we're making. Hopefully this gives you some suggestions of situations or people you might find yourself with when you drink this wine. Uh, And as always, we hope you had a good time with us. Mom, thanks so much for being our first guest on the podcast. Yeah,
0: we had a good time with you. Thanks so much for having
2: me. It's been Real.
0: Did she did she take her earbud out? She's just like I'm over this mess. It it
1: fell out, and then she was like, "I'm not gonna put it back in." Yeah, she's like, "We're done here." It's time for a nap
2: or bed.
0: That about sums up the episode.
1: Um, is there anything that you would like to plug before we leave to our many many fans? Well,
2: i I'm, I'm just honored that I influenced dre into trying a box wine and i'm i'm hoping that down the road she'll try one of my books from postcards uh, series which typically is meant for the younger reader but she might get into mosquito madness
0: i have it on my kindle oh!
2: <laughs> do you want me to autograph it
0: the kindle uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> yes on the girls trip we'll do it Maybe they'll make a movie of us. <laughs> oh of our trip? Yes. They should, because it's going to be ridiculous.
2: It's going to be uh, Thelma and Louise Part 2.
1: <laughs> I thought Barb and Star. Oh, yeah, we watched Barb and Star go like, Vista Del Mar.
0: I feel like it could be Thelma and Louise meet Barb and Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll just spend the trip figuring out, like, who is who out of that quad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Drea, what are we drinking next time? So, next time, we've got another exciting episode lined up. I found out recently that Anne has never seen the classic wine film Sideways. Uh, and I was just up in Los Olivos and Santa Ynez. So I brought back some goodies and we are going to be drinking Black Jack's Maximus Syrah. And Black Jack was prominently featured in that film. And so, Anne, your homework is to watch this movie. And yeah, that's going to be our next bottle. So you can buy direct from the winery. That's probably the easiest way they ship nationwide. So hit them up
1: and check out all their goodies and in the meantime if you enjoy what we're doing with two girls and a grape be sure to subscribe rate review tell your uh, friends all of it helps us out five stars help us the most just saying tell the people uh, and you, you don't like even and you can find us Really, you can find Drea online on Instagram at Two Girls and a Grape Pod. She's posted some great uh, pictures recently from the trip to Valle. So if you need a little vacation in your feed, a little wine inspiration, uh, check that out. And you can try tweeting at me at Two Girls and a Grape. That's the number two. But I will be honest; I have not checked it since the last time I tweeted and you can also email us at two girls and a grape pod that's two spelled out girls and a grape pod at gmail.com and one of us is checking one it of us usually is checking it. so it's fine. yeah and we
0: are doing another tasting takeover right around the time this episode drops. So I'll be tasting up in Paso Robles. If you've got recommendations, slide into those DMs on Instagram. Let me have them. And yeah, I'll go check out
1: your pics while I'm there. So mom, every episode we end by saying salud. So we're going to go around and say it and maybe you'll be our ending salute. Okay. Okay. So until next time, salud. Salud. Salud.
0: Yay!
2: Yay! My first podcast.